out of the nightmare abyss of the piney woods of East Texas. The Random Horror Show. The best in commentary and reviews in horror, sci-fi, fantasy, cult classics, and the obscure from film, television shows, and literature. Join our horror hostess, Keisha Lacey, as she is scary, but random, horrific, upon the Last but not least, she will chill you. Welcome back to the Random Horror Show. I am your horror hostess, Keisha Lacey, coming straight, straight out of the I'm Pine Curtain of East Texas. And of course, here at the Random Horror Show, where we commentate being silly and just acting a fool in horror, science fiction, fantasy, cult classics, and the obscure, in movies, television shows, books, and sometimes we have a guest or two. And tonight's episode, I do have a wonderful, amazing guest. And I want all you ghouls and goblins out there in Horrorland, you freaks and you fans, for actor, billboard recording artist, Lavari of Barn 2, Zombie Games, Thrust, and Terror Tunes. Here he is. Welcome to the show, Lavari. What's up, what, y'all? What's, what's up? up? Hey! First of all, we got to say this one thing. Got to say this. Okay, I know you're interviewing me, but I'm going to turn this around about you right now because you are from East Texas, as you said, but... I have to say, you have a little bit of an East Coast New York accent. So you threw me for a loop because I knew you were from East Texas. But when I heard your voice, I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) What is your secret? What's going on? Are you not telling us something? Are you really from East Texas? I really am from East Texas, born and raised. But I have been on the East Coast one time, 20 something years ago. But really, most times when I travel, I'm usually on the West Coast or the Midwest or Deep South. But yeah. <laughs> okay, so you retained it well because when we were doing our pre-interview thing, you I said, yeah, you know, it's raining here in New York, New Jersey. You're like, yeah, New York in the house. I'm like, oh shit, I thought she said she was from East Texas, but okay, yes. <laughs> it, you know what? It may be because when I was younger, I listened to like MC Light, a lot of the East Coast rappers and stuff. So it wasn't okay. like the dirty, dirty stuff, like Mr. Master P and all that. So, got you. yeah, I mean, I got a, like an accent, you know, from that, I guess. <laughs> so it just, it just stuck with me. Well, that's what's up. Well, I feel like I'm talking to one of my peoples in New York right now. So it's all good. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much, Lavari, for like being on the random horror show. Shoot, shoot, yes, yes. Well, I'm honored. Thank you. <laughs> well, you're welcome. You're welcome. And I know this is the funniest thing of like you you like came at me, you know, like on Instagram. And that's right, because like, that's what we do. That's what we New Yorkers do, right? We just like hit like yo. <laughs> yeah, for real. It's like yo, like hey, and persistence. Exactly, <laughs> and persistence, and persistence. And I don't do and listen, and I, all the stuff I do, 
I, I mean, this is going to sound like it, whatever. I don't care. I'm just real. I do it myself. Like I don't have no middle person because, and I get stuff done more effectively just for, just by going straight to the source. You know what? That is like the realest ass shit right there because like you really do get a lot of results from just, you know, just going to the sources. 100. Exactly what I do too. You know, I just go to the source. I don't have no middleman, no publicist or anything else like that. And I'm very surprised that you, you know, of what you do, you don't have an agent or anything else like that. You just I like self-made i'll tell you i Are did you? i did i did at a time oh i'm definitely self-made and i will give myself that credit i'm very humble but the, but i all this stuff working my ass for uh, yeah this is all me all me mm -hmm. but you know there was a time um a few years back where i did get a publicist but by the time the publicist was seeking out what i wanted mm -hmm. i already turned around and did did three times so that's like yeah let me put this money in my pocket and just keep doing me no, that's real. Yeah. I know so. Real. <laughs> right. And also you get mm -hmm. Hello? Everybody has that everybody has um their own thing. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, great. Yeah, you cut off for a little bit. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was saying I put myself in third person all the time. Never take things personally. I know everybody's busy, but yeah, basically self-made. Yes, but that and you know that's part of growing up in part of growing up in, in New York and in New Jersey. And I, I moved out when I was 20 years old, and you know been through the whole thing. Struggles. You know, we still struggle. You know, it's a, it's a thing. You know, social media is a catch-22 because, you know, you don't necessarily have to sign to a big, you know record label or you don't have to be signed to a big Hollywood studio that's the beauty of of social media now but the downside is that your competition and just the market completely oversaturated so you got to work you know three times as hard you're right you really you're really right and because like everybody's an influencer everybody is this and everybody is that mm -hmm. you know and of course, you know, social media is, is basically free, you know, advertising and marketing, which is really great, you know, for all of us, you know, us regular folk. But you're right. It can be so oversaturated because everybody's like, who is who? Who is this? And, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. some people and even now, fall off. Even yeah, now, major, com major companies go to influencers now for, for promotion. That, that's the new thing now. You got all these major companies going to influencer, social media influence for promotion. So that shows the power of it, you know? It is. It is a huge, huge power, you know, with that. I mean, even me just being in a beauty business and I mean, I met this lady. She's over, you know, I'm a lash I'm instructor and um, trainer mm -hmm. and she's in the UK. And she, she, you know, I was like, oh, okay, let me get in her group. And then all of a sudden, boom, she's like, oh, can I like have a, you know, a meeting with you? 
and talk to you. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. This is the lady that is the founder and, you know, of Lash Fest for, Look at that. you know, for lash artists and, you know, people in the lash industry. And I was just like, <gasps> you know, but oh my God, really? And it was really great to have a conversation with her. We talked about the industry. We talked about the business side, the marketing, things like that. She asked me uh, what I'm doing, you know, with my business and how I can grow. But it was just really refreshing that I, and my other page, I don't even have a lot of followers, you know, because I started it in August, but it's been a lot of attention because of the content that I'm putting out and I don't put out that much, you know, on that one and everything because I just started it, but it's really neat to like really connect with like other like-minded business people. And it's the same way with, um, my other one, you know, the random horror show where I just mm-hmm. connected organically with other people. You know, I have collab with other um con- horror content creators. It's it's really like really pretty cool, you know, that social media is that powerful. You know, I don't have no sponsors or none like that. I'm like tripping out. I was like, if I have a sponsor, they'd be like, Well, you need to like quiet down your language. I'll be like, All right, then. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'll be like, okay, then I'm getting paid. All right. <laughs> well, that that's so like I have th- this music video, which which was um had to be nominated at the Catskill International Film Festival for best music video. Um, called "Keep It Moving." Cancel, cancel culture, and that's what it's about. It's like you know, po- like I feel like we're unfortunately back in the age of McCarthyism because you know we we live in the USA lands of the free home of the brave yet if we don't side with the popular opinion we're bullied stifled so do we really have freedom of speech you know do we because we you know you you, you seem to get blacklisted or um canceled if if you don't agree with the popular opinion and that's not cool at all so I totally get it and that's that's what um my previous song was about and I actually listened and watched the video and it, it is it's like I don't believe in council culture because like it is interesting about it but like you said if you just don't agree with the majority that you know you're awful you know you're this you're you're all of that right there and it's like everybody has opinion and everybody mm-hmm. has different viewpoints you know right. Like they always say, like opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. And, and, and if you can't respect somebody's opinion without, you know, being vulgar or like violent, you know, or you know, claiming harm on somebody else like that. But if you can like literally like respect it, their viewpoints and may have some takeaway from it, then you know, I feel like you should. Everybody should be cool with it. Right. And that doesn't. Yeah, that doesn't exist anymore. There used to be where people would have conversations about why they feel the way that they did or who they support that that doesn't exist anymore. Now it's just you're automatically canceled, you know, and that's fucked up. And I, you know, I think that now I'm starting to see a a turnaround, a bit of a turnaround with it. But just the fact that, you know, we're 23 and we're reverting back to ideologies of 
1950s, which back then they, you know, it's determined know that McCarthyism isn't cool either. You know, that's disturbing. But then there's a lot of disturbing things, and history definitely repeats itself, unfortunately. And I've, I've said this, and you know, we see everything going on, you know, today with, with Israel and Palestine, etc. And things are repeating themselves. And you know, the thing that I dislike very much is where you know there is a difference now of opinion and being two sides. You shouldn't have to be forced to choose. No, you shouldn't be forced to choose sides. Can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, I can still hear you. I oh, okay. Hear you. I couldn't hear you. You kind of went silent for a moment. Oh, don't sorry. Worry. Okay. Don't worry. I, don't All worry. Right. I cut that card off and everything and stitch it. I know. Got I, you. I got bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think a lot of dis a lot of things in the world have to disharmony in the world have to do with people wanting you to choose a side, you know? So, I, you know, whatever. I just hope that, you know, uh, things you know, come around before it's too late. But then again, because I said history does repeat itself, then I have to have the faith that history will repeat itself where people will come to their senses again. So, yeah. <laughs> but that's why we have the escapism into things like horror movies because mm -hmm. real world is so much more fucked up than a horror movie now. So I think that's why horror movies have had such a huge resurgence, especially independent horror movies now. I really think that's why. Yeah, because I mean, I always like in my little slogan tagline that I use is real life can be horror and mm -hmm. and it can. It, I mean, it, it can be horror for like the whole world, uh, society, uh, parts of like a culture or even like within yourself. And, you know, from like the current situation and everything, you there is a very huge uprising horror. I remember when horror used to be like taboo because it was very close to uh pornography and now like, yeah or or shuns upon embarrassing mm -hmm. right yes yes and now it's like mainstream where everybody is accepting of horror and it and i feel that horror does did have like a lot of like changes like within the industry of how everything is like put out and i'm glad that people are enjoying horror and it, like you said, it's an escapism because they just want to forget whatever the fuck they're going through and they want to watch mm -hmm. a good horror movie just to forget. And I usually do like a breakdown or a deep dive within horror films because they do, some of them are just silly and everything, but then there's some that it does pose like real life issues like dealing with sexual assault, you know, mm -hmm. uh, child, you know, uh, abuse, you know, uh, you know things like that i mean even like boyfriend and girlfriend breakups and stuff yeah, like yeah. That from a partner it's it's it it goes like a really deep deep like within these horror films that we watch and especially like independent horror films now i love that there is a rise in the independent of course like when you do an independent horror film back in the day like sam raimi it was independent they ran out of money they got some money they finished up evil dead 
But now yep. we have like these surges of like independent horror, and I have watched uh, a couple of them. And I had um, past guest Jorge De La Rosa. He is actually like filming like Hellvan too. Hellvan is really good. I mean, I'm like, oh mm-hmm. my god, this is so good. Uh, Wig Wolf's um, The Wizard of Oz. It was his like take of The Wizard of Oz about like toxic relationships. There's like so many that I have like people that I have connected that does like you know filmmaking. It it blows my mind. Yeah, for sure. And uh, the great thing now, because like you said, touching apart, touching upon about independent horror, to be able to be in some of these same like mainstream theaters is amazing. Like The Barn Two, one of the films that I'm in and and an associate producer of you know, that got played in a few theaters, like big theater chains. And it was just like, wow, like one, I remember um, one weekend um, mm-hmm. there was that, oh, oh my God, what is that movie with Brad Pitt? Bullet Bullet Train, is that it? Bullet Train? Yeah, Bullet Train, yeah. So. Bullet Train. Like we we were in, um, in Bullet Theater in the barn through another theater because, and then in the evening, they were playing Rust in, in a, you know, in, in these are we independent movies. They're getting played side by side in you know with with these major films. Not all the time, I'm saying though, but now we have that. You know, now we have mm-hmm. that um that it's been happening like that because of the resurgence where where some of these big theaters are accepting. They're not accepting it runs, you know, but hey, at least they're accepting it for weekend runs. You know what I'm saying? So for sure, because I don't remember that when I first started out. I don't remember seeing um, a lot of these indie horror films in like major theaters, you know, for, for short right. weeks now. So I've had the pleasure of seeing three of my films in um, mainstream theaters. And, and let me tell you something. I'm not saying when I'm saying mainstream, I'm not taking away from independent theaters at all. I'm just saying it's a shock, a pleasant surprise. You know what I mean? So I don't want anybody to think I'm knocking independent theaters. I'm certainly not. It, it's because of independent theaters and independent video is is why why we have sustained all these years. I'm just saying it's a welcome shock that some major chains or actually they're waking up being like, oh, shit, there is a market for this stuff. We will run it for a weekend, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, and, and, you know, if it wasn't for those independent theaters and all that, you know, we have the Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's right. You know, and Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, and a Night of the Living Dead. Those like was in independent, you know, film houses, and and there's like a huge first, and there's like this huge cult following, and it still runs today in 2023, and it's because if it wasn't for them to like be the ones, the forefront, the forefathers of it, you know, you wouldn't have like thrust and like barn to like right That's... beside a main film. And, exactly. You know, another, and you know, another one that actually did came, was it last year of Terrifier. I went to go see Terrifier. Oh, Terrifier 2. Too, yes. Terrifier 2. Yes. yes. Our friendly competition. I was, I, was, I was just like, are you serious? They're playing Terrifier. Yeah. Too. So like I that is a, so yo, dope. I had a gig. I had a gig. I had a DJ gig that that afternoon. 
And when I was uh -huh. done, I ran my ass and bought a ticket to go see Terrifier nice. 2. It, it was. It was just like, really? Damien Leone is what? I was like, okay, I'm not going to like miss this chance because it was going to, it was in selected theaters. That was the thing. It was in selected right. theaters. And yeah. And you had to like be on alert to like look for that Joker and like watch it. So I was, I was I, in luck with that. Yeah, I love the fact. Our, our competition in the most affectionate way because Screenbox um, picked up the Barn 2 and Terrifier 2 streaming on Screenbox. And this summer, one like Terrifier 2 and the Barn 2 were awesome. So I loved it. I, I, I loved it. I, lo I have so much respect for the Terrifier franchises and um, I just loved seeing you know the Barn 2 at number 3 and Terrifier 2 at number 2 each week on simultaneously you know and that's just yeah so dope that is like pretty badass right there so like i'm gonna like dive in because uh i have not watched barn and barn through so i'm gonna be watching those later on whenever i'm like not so stupid nice but i am going to talk about zombie games and I cannot believe you were in this film with legendary screen queen, Lina Quigley. Well, that is, when I tell you, first of all, that was a dream come true because when I was 12, 13 years old, I love, I mean, I still love Linnea Quigley, but I, when I was 12, 13 years old, she was like, that was it. Like I had her movies. I loved everything she did. Then there was a Fangoria yep. horror convention in Manhattan, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. all these people there that year. There was uh, um, Gunnar Hansen, who plays Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There was like somebody from Halloween movies there, but I went for Linnea Quigley. That's who I went there for, and she signed my poster. And you know, I was like, oh my god! And you know, I brought it to school, and all the kids were envious of me, and I had gotten picked on in school. So she kind of helped me get picked on less when I when I came to school with this poster with this hot chick sign saying you're hot in my poster, you know? So, um, we had a, uh, always a huge, always a huge fan of her all these years. And then we had a mutual fan of ours connect us. So mm -hmm. that's how we got connected. We got connected because there was a, a, a dear friend of mine, David, David Shalingo, David Devendra, mm -hmm. and he, the connecting point for Linnea and I. And he was a huge fan of hers. He was a fan of mine. And I seen something about her on his page. I was like, oh, I, I love her too. And he was like, oh, you guys should connect. So he connected us. He connected us. And, you know, a lot of times the idols, your heroes, you will be severely disappointed. And I can tell you that I was not disappointed to reconnect and to meet Linnea again. Because it is because of her, I'm not going to take away from my own hard work and everything, but it is because of her that I have been able to be in well over half of the films that I'm in through recommendations from her. So to be recommended, oh. yes, to be recommended somebody that you look up to is, is I can't even begin to tell you how that feels. Because I wrote about it when I was 13. I wrote about it in, I had like a marble diary 
sort of thing. And mm-hmm. I still have that book and I showed it to her. And it said, I want to work with Linnea Quigley. I want to do, do movies with Linnea Quigley. I, I wrote this when I was 13 years old. So now we have been in three movies together, I think it is. Oh. And it's just amazing. She's just an art business person. She's pretty much self. Okay. And to this day, like the horror conventions now, she 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 is a legend. But I'm saying like it 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 surprised it would surprise some people because of the fact that I don't want to say the name of the person because I have so much respect for the, this other person too. I don't know them personally, but I'm saying for their their acting and their films. But there was there was a person at a convention recently, and they are in major horror films too, just like Linnea. But they are also like a villain. This villain in horror movies. So anyway, long story short, her line was longer than this person's. So that shows the power of the staying power. You know what I mean? So to this day, she is so endearing. That's how much like this major horror villain character who deserves a long line. And they did have a long line, but her line was even longer to sign autograph. You know what I'm saying? So yes, um, she directed that movie. It's the first movie. It's actually the first movie she's ever directed. And she personally asked me to be in it. And I said, of course, I'd be frigging. So, um, yeah, I flew out to California and filmed it. We actually filmed it during the pandemic. Yes, that's what I was like when I watched it. I was like, oh, okay, this is like. Yeah, we filmed it during the the pandemic. And here's a fun fact. Here's a fun fact. I stood at her house for the filming of it. I didn't get a B- uh, Airbnb. I stood at her house. I stood at her house. Yes. Yes. So that was another dream come true with her and her 15. 50- runs like a sanctuary for, for dogs and, and, and misplaced animals called Moulin Rouge. So here I was with, she had a, a separate place for the dogs, but of course, you know, you got to feed them. They come running around and yeah, it was just amazing. I have so much gratitude toward, towards Linnea. For sure, and it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. There, there was there were scenes that 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 were um, w- there were supposed to be additional scenes, and I think something happened with with the the film and all that. So, you know, there was supposed to be more. I think they're they're restoring it and and adding those additional scenes. But yeah, that that was just amazing. And I initially worked with her on the barn part two. And that's just has a who's who of horror in the barn part two. I, I really think you're going to enjoy both, both of them for real. I'm not just saying that because I'm in it. I, I really think yeah. you're going to enjoy it because it has it has uh, Doug Bradley from Hellraiser, Pinhead from Hellraiser in oh. it. It has Ari Lehman, Jason from Friday the 13th in it. It has, of course, Linnea yeah. Quigley in it. Um, yeah. And for a you know, and for those of you that don't know who Linnea is, but this is horror podcast. Everybody knows, but just in case. She starred in Return of the Living Dead. She starred in Night of the Demons. She starred in Creepazoids, Sorority Babes, and the Slime Ball Volorama. Um, she also was in comedy films like Vice Academy. So that, for those of you who may not know who Linnea Quigley is, that's who Linnea Quigley is. <laughs> so the barn two, the barn two. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, you just like summed her up like all in one like little pretty little bow. Why do that? Cause uh, you never know. Sometimes people might not know who to per. You know what I'm saying? You know we yeah. and we hope that we know who these legends are. But you know, 
So that's why I'm like, you know what? Let's say it in case somebody doesn't know, or in case somebody's new to the a new horror fan, let the that exactly. person is, you know. So yeah, but working on the we first worked together on the barn two. That was before zombie games. And like I said, the barn two had a who's who of these horror legends that I just that I just rattled off. And there, there that's there's even more. Joe Bob Briggs from The Last Drive-In is in it, Diana Prince from The Last Drive-In. So you can imagine I have you you can imagine me being on the set and I had a supporting role in the film. It was my first supporting role, by the way. By the way, mm-hmm. everything else prior, all the other things I did prior, with the exception of one movie called Moth, everything else I had was just a bit part or whatever. So this is my first supporting role, right? And um, thanks to her also, by the way, because the director was going to give me a bit part, and I would would have been certainly happy with that because I was a huge fan of The Bar Part 1. But Linnea um, spoke with the director, Justin. Um, I got a part! You know, she's like, what's your part? And I told her, she's like, she's like, okay, let me, let me talk to the director. Um, see if I get you something bigger. I'm like, no, please don't, please don't. Cause I didn't want them thinking that I wasn't, you feel, I don't want them thinking I was like some brat or some diva. I was perfectly fine with just having a tiny part, but she, I guess she believed in me so much and she's had my reel. She had my actors reel, you know? So she spoke with the director. I don't know what. She said to the director, Justin Seaman, big ups to Justin, love Justin. Um, he contacted me. He said, okay, well, I'm going to not giving you the power. I'm going to give you a supporting role. I said, oh, he said, but we, I have to write you in the script. The script is, is done. I got you in. I was like, uh, okay. You know, so it was done. The script was done. And then he, he wrote in that role for me. So, oh my gosh. That was thanks to Linnea. Yeah. Because like I said, the bit part was already written in and and I guess could have been played by any actor that could do that. But my actual role, Tony, with the script was done. Tony did not exist. And he wrote then he wrote that in. So and being on that set, I gotta tell you, because I like I said, I, I lay low. I do me. I I believe in myself and I'm very proud of what i've done but i don't have like this ego you understand what i'm saying so mm-hmm. i'm there i'm there to work it as a job and i'm grateful and it's living the i'm special than anybody else and, and you understand and and how dare i even think that to be around these mm-hmm. legends but that being said that being said i was in the um you know, I was in the um, why are words escaping me right now? I guess because I'm overexcited. Holding, thank you. I was in the holding. I was in the holding. I'm in the holding area, right? I'm in the holding area, and I'm I'm like they're chilling. Then I saw a, the other part holding, and it said it said um main cast holding area. Now I'm in the other section, the holding area with the other actors. And I walk over to to where it says main cast holding area because I'm being because I'm nosy, right? <laughs> and they listed they listed the holding area, they listed the names. They said that this this part here for main cast only, whatever you want to say. And I'm reading it, and it had my name on it. I was like, holy shit, I'm in the wrong holding area. <laughs> Because I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe because I'm looking at these these names. You understand? It says main cast holding area this way. And it said Linnea Quigley, Ari Lehman, Doug Bradley, Joe Bob Briggs, Lavari. I was like, oh, that's me. 
oh shit, I go in there. You know, so <laughs> just a surreal, really, seriously, like that is, you, you would think the, the biggest memories I have on the set, mm-hmm. that's like, that's like my biggest memory is, is that. I guess mm-hmm. just from seeing that, how surreal that was to see my name on that was interesting, you know, and then obviously the scenes that I did, but for some out more than the scenes that were being filmed i guess just because i was like wow these are my childhood idols and now i'm on this piece of paper whatever saying i'm in the same holding area with them you know what i mean yeah i'll tell you this right here yeah i tell you this right here if i was in your shoes just i'm just like sitting here listening to you and just like putting myself in your shoes, I'm just like, I would just like crap bricks because Doug Bradley and then Joe Bob Briggs, I used to watch Joe Bob Briggs and with uh, Lana, um, I've seen her and followed her ever since I watched Night of the Demons and I was like in junior high. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, the scene. In- <laughs> the scene I'm just like- trying to look pretty for the boys. Oh my God, that scene, the scene with the lipstick just had me like on the floor because I had to pause it and my grandmother was watching it with me. She's like, what the hell is that? She almost cussed, but she was like, (laughs) what the hell is that? We were like, what the hell is this? But I love Night of the Demons. I also love her in Return of the Living Dead. And I actually have a pair of, of lashes. They're called trash lashes because she played trash. And so when she got up on that tombstone, I was like, oh, I'm going to do that one day. I'm going to dance like that. But I read, like, the whole story behind it of, like, how they had her to do some, you know, shave it and everything. It was just getting very irritated, and you know, for, like, that scene. But, you know, she was such a trooper, but she always, like, just amazed me, like, of how, like, she worked. And she looks like a super, super sweetheart. She just looks so like just you could just sit down and just talk to her, and she is. You, you can just talk forever. And like she's just like she's like yeah, I know I've been and in those movies, but this is what I do, and blah 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 blah. It's like I can talk about cooking and stuff like that. With she her. talks about her, and let me tell you, you hit that right on the nail because she was because she won't bring the films up. Hello? Yeah, you cut off again. Sugar Plum, you cut off again. One moment. There we go. Can you hear me? There we go. Yeah, I can hear you now. I am so sorry. I said she... It happens. She, I said she is on the head she will talk about her animals and and that's great but that's not when she's having a conversation it's not about oh what look what i've done you know what i mean she's very compassionate towards other people and, and especially animals so for sure and i will say this there is a big big lesson that she did for me but she didn't know she did it for me and i had this conversation with her actually when we were on the set of the barn too i said you taught me, you taught me how 
if somebody says something publicly, listen, I'm from New York. And it is true. I don't care what nobody says to nothing. New Yorkers, we got we got attitude. We ready to fight. It don't matter. I don't care what nobody says. And people will say, oh, I'm from here. I'm from here. Whatever. No, New York. I'm sorry. We have. We're, we're, we're the ones that get, get got that. We ready to throw down more so than any other state. I don't care what nobody else says. Right. So you have to remember, I'm from New York. Right. So like when I first started, if somebody would say something to me, I'm like, fuck. You know like, what I mean? Or whatever. I remember when, yeah. one of my first things on stage, one time I was performing one time and I did, I did a few of my songs. Then I did a Tony Braxton cover and these people in the front started, boo, you can't sing like her. Fuck you. I was like, shut the fuck up. I said in the mic. So anyway, what she taught me was this without her even telling me is because I saw it. I saw her do it one day kid at that same horror convention at that fangoria horror convention when i was 13 12 13 years old she was doing a q a right mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. hundreds of people there she's in the microphone doing a q a and she was in the middle of answering a fan's question and all of a sudden somebody yelled out loud nice tits mm-hmm. and guess what she did what guess did what she, she did do? Absolutely nothing. Nope. She did absolutely nothing. She paused, regained her composure, and finished answering the question that the other fan was asking her. Like as if she completely ignored the person like they didn't exist. And that was so impressive to me at 13 years old. And I, I, I took that with me. So I said, with that one exception where I said to the person, I remember that now. When someone says something, like that nasty to me like that in publicly i just think back to her and how she took a pause and completely acted like they didn't exist and kept right on with answering her questions i was so impressed right there that's a lady that's a classy lady right there that's a classy lady move right there because i i grew up with like you know women you know like that they're very like old school and if somebody says something derogatory, being like an idiot or whatever, they just look at them and just keep on going what they're doing because they're not going to pay attention to it. They know it's like a bunch of noise. Now, if they react to it, they know that they got them. But for right. her to do that, even though they do it's like nice tits and everything else like that, I mean, just shouting, just just like an idiot answering mm-hmm. a question of a fan. And that just shows like how much great poise that she has, and absolutely, that's, that's amazing. And you know, like I, because I, I when I follow her on um, Instagram, and I just send her, she talks about her dogs and and all that. And it's just the way how she she poises herself. And I was like, she looks cool to like hang out and talk to. And I know she can drop so many great gems because of a lot of things that she's done in her life and she has like so many accomplishments but she's also like laid back to where I'm just people and, and yes, that's what 100. that's what's so great about her 100 100 now I think that's probably why we we get along so well mm-hmm. you know what I mean aside from her being one of my heroes I think it's because the laid back you know mm-hmm attitude and all that but yeah so yeah it's always the dream country work with her and then um oh lloyd kaufman he's he's in the barn too also oh okay 
Toxic Adventure Crew. Yeah, Trauma. Yeah, Lloyd Kaufman. So yeah, again, to do to be with all these people is just wow. And then Ari Lehman, love him so much. He played Jason in Friday the Thirteenth. Most most of my scenes are with him. And and again, Friday the Thirteenth of all of of Freddie, Jason, Michael Myers. My favorite has always been Jason. Always. So like to to. to be doing all my scenes with the OG first Jason. It's just amazing. Just so amazing. I gotta say that that's the whole thing. The the horror community, and I'm sure you notice as a horror podcaster and as a fan, people, the horror community is really fucking cool people, really supportive of each other. Really supportive. Yeah. It's like really, a close-knit really community. And I have not had any knock on wood. I'm, as a matter of fact, I have a wood table right here. I'm gonna knock on it right now. Hold on. <laughs> Do you hear? Did you hear that? Yeah, I heard you heard it. That. Okay, heard just it. so yes. you know. Knock on wood. I haven't had any negative experiences with anything in the horror community right right now. It's just so super close in. I want to say that because the music industry is very motherfucking cutthroat. Okay, Yay. I will say that now because this is a horror podcast. We're gonna we're gonna focus on the on the horror aspect, but but yes, <laughs> you you know I'm a singer too, and you know I have my number one goal. My number one goal in life was to get on the Billboard charts. My number two goal in life was to establish myself in in horror films. Okay, so luckily both those dreams have come true. But I will say this: I thought that finally, I finally got on the will never get on the billboard chart. So that's just amazing in itself that my number one dream, and it took a long time for it to happen because I, I was recording demos in 1998. My first single came out in the early 2000s and my first album came out in 2009, whatever, or 2008. And so, you know, I finally had my first billboard charting single in the end of 2019 before the end of the decade. But that being said, you think that after all that, finally getting a song on the billboard charts do you know it's still it, it's still a struggle to to get like like um a show or something after all that after being on the fucking billboard charts after billboard writing an article about me it's still a struggle uh, it's so i want to say that because it's important to know that that how different it is between the horror filmmaking community and in my experience of being in the music industry how I've been in the music industry for almost 20 fucking years and I, I still have to, it's still like knocking, trying to knock down doors. Oh, but I'm on the billboard charts, but it's still, it's still a fucking struggle. Yet the horror film community I've been in for less than three years and I've been able to continue to establish myself like, like, wow, it should be the opposite. You know what I'm saying? It should be like, you get what I'm saying, right? Like, yeah, you would think that I've been you would think I've been in the horror film industry for 20 years with all these amazing opportunities I'm getting. And you would think I'd be in the music industry for one year with the struggles. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it listen, it is what it is. It is what it is. But I want to say that because I want to let people know. Cause you know, you might sometimes I'm not saying that people say negative things, but I, I do want to focus on a positive aspect of how with my experience how the horror film community has been to me, which has been a beautiful accepting thing. And I'm so grateful for that. That's awesome. Now, and I have been welcomed into the horror community myself. And, you know, it, for, for me, it's just been like really smooth sailing. 
Yeah, I would say it was like one or two bumps and stuff because I had uh, some. I had one or two. We had one guy who was pretty stalkerish, and I was just like, "Oh my god, what is this?" But other than that, you know, a lot of people don't know that. But y'all just found out I had a, I had a dude that was a stalker. Uh, but other than that, you know, I have like had so many like warm, you know, and fuzzies from the horror community because we know that we're not like a really huge like community community because of a lot of people they're just not really into horror. But like for the hardcore horror fans you know, we know what's up. We have to, like, build that community between each other and everything because, you know, it, it was the love of horror that brought all of us together. And, you know, yeah. and I've just been so pleased to punch. And I've been doing this podcast for, like, three years now. November will be three years. Congratulations. I, I, thank you. And I'm just, you know, really, I'm just really just, like, happy to like just be doing this for three years and knowing my stupid ass and everything i'm like i ain't doing this shit i would just want to fucking give up but i just <laughs> keep on going and you know it's been times i'm like i don't want to fucking put apart i don't want to talk to these motherfuckers and then i'm like you know what let me go talk to them and let me go say something let me go get out of your com- this let me go do this it was it, it be like that because it's just something that it just that thing that draws me into just podcasting and just draws me into like what I love is horror and so you have to have passion just like you have passion of what you're doing and that's what's gonna keep you going and keep you thriving. I agree one hundred percent for sure. Yes, thank you. Yes, yeah. but um, I'm gonna ask you a question. So like. How did you just end up with this one name, Beyonce, Lavari, like Liberace? <laughs> like, tell us that story. What's up with that right there? Lavari. So, <laughs> so, so, um, there, here's okay. So, unfortunately, I'm for, and I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm, 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 we're trying to, um, get, get this taken care of, but because of my verification on Instagram, and Facebook, the, the blue check thing, they making me put my full government because that's what's on my ID. Um, be, prior to the verification, I, I just had Lavari for the thing, but now it has Anthony Lavari or Antonio Lavari. But anyway, for Lavari, how did it just be using my last name? Because for some reason, ever since I was in the second grade, people just call me by my last name. I, there's no rhyme or reason. I, for some reason, beginning in the second grade, people just started calling me Lavari, and I, that was it. And it, it was actually quite shocking because there were recently I forgot who I was talking to, but recently they said, "Do you?" I went to high school with them, and they said, "Do you know that I I didn't know it was Lavari?" So yeah, it just that's where it came from. It came from the second grade. People called me. That's my first okay. name, and that's filling out forms or whatever. Mm-hmm. Safari. Oh, that, that's it. That's where it came from. It didn't come from, though, and it does sound good. I think. Mm-hmm. But it didn't come from that. <laughs> that's it. That's that, that. That's that's 
That's it. <laughs> that is that's cool though. Like I had a principal that called me by my last name, Lacey. He couldn't say Keisha. He just said, Lacey, what's going on? And I was like, I'm all right, Mr. Moon. Am I all right? You know, but he was the only he was the only like teacher principal that like called me by my last name. But the rest of the time people just call me Keisha or they call me Kiki. Mook 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 too. You know, I had like plethora <laughs> of like nicknames. So like Kiki, Kiki stuck for the longest. So, you know, when everybody like says like okay, Kiki, like that, I know they're talking about me. <clears throat> now if I hear a mook mook or mook too, now I know that is like from somebody remembering when I was in junior high, that's what they call wow. me in junior high was Mookie. Like Mookie or Mook too. So uh-huh. Oh, that that's so cool. cool. <laughs> that's very endearing. Very endearing. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you, what is your favorite horror film or film? You know, it's got to be plural. Okay. You know, it's got to be plural. I can't. I can't name one. So what you want me to do? Five, three. You tell me. You're you're giving me you're being gracious you're being gracious to me by saying I don't have to do one so you want me to do three or five you like tell this. me I'm gonna say it like this give me two of them <gasps> oh my god I'm the same way I can't I mean like wow like, my favorite horror movie I'm like bitch there's wow. a lot of horror movies I like that's my favorite oh my <laughs> gosh yeah. oh my gosh I tell you what. I tell you what, I'm only going by the top of my head, and the the right. list changes. But these two are always in my top five, so I'm gonna say the ones that are these these two are always in my top five, and that is right. Return of the Living Dead and and Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. That's the one where, okay. that was originally in 3D and where he actually starts wearing the hockey mask in part three. So mm-hmm. there's two, but there's so many more. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. That is awesome right there. But yeah, like that's like real cool because like really, I feel like if you have like a favorite horror film or have four films and stuff, I mean, come on now. It's going to be like maybe like three or four or five of them. That's like your favorite. Yeah, there's and five for me, for sure. It, it's like, it's like, yeah, I, I like to give people choices. <laughs> you know what? I have, I have something fun. We, I have so, a fun thing we could do right now. If you, if you want, sure, if you sure. want to okay. ask me, if you want to ask me, you and me, our favorite, our, fa- our favorite ones in each franchise, we can run that down super fast. Like, what is oh my, my favorite Friday the 13th? What is my favorite Halloween? What is my favorite Nightmare on Elm Street? What is my favorite Hellraiser? You want to do that? 30 seconds? Oh, yeah, I can do let's it. Let's do that. I Boom. So okay. Good. Oh, my God. Yeah, okay. Re- do you want me to start? Yeah, you can start. <laughs> All right, I'll start. Okay, okay. All right. So Friday the thirteenth, I just said Friday the thirteenth, part three. Um, second place, Friday the thirteenth, the original, third place, Friday Jason Lives. Okay, Halloween. Favorite Halloween is gonna be the original. My second favorite is gonna be Halloween, the curse of Michael Myers and the director's cut. And then my third favorite is gonna be Season of the Witch, part three with the masks. Okay, Nightmare on Elm Street. 
Nightmare on Elm Street. My favorite Nightmare on Elm Street is not the original. Street is Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. Yes! Elm Street, followed by the original Elm Street, and then Night Nightmare. Um, do, 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 who did not we not cover? It's definitely uh, um Hellraiser one. one. It's actually in order. Hellraiser one. Hell. Those in order. The key movie of those Chucky and part one. But I would say the Bride of Chucky over overrides it for for that one. Pretty much the basic. There we go. I got a funny little about Elm Street 3. I was a stand-in. Uh-huh. On a film almost almost 12 years ago. A movie called V V I and Patricia Arquette was in the movie. I was so uh, I'm in the dressing uh, in makeup room with Patricia Arquette. My my stuff on and I Of all the films he's done, I'm a huge fan. My favorite is Dream Warriors, and that's actually my favorite Elm Street movie. So you never know what the person's going to say because, you know, now she's this big Hollywood star. You know, she won Best Actress recently. You know what I'm saying? She turns around and she goes, she goes, I loved it too. She goes, but I have one issue with that. I was like, what? Right? She goes, remember the part where we're all sitting in the chairs. I said, of course, it's my favorite Elm Street movie. She goes, okay, do you remember one person was like a wizard? One person had magical power. She's like, what did they make me? A fucking gymnast. That was what they fucking give me? A gymnast? Somebody's a wizard. Somebody's got magical powers. They make me a gymnast. She really said this to me. I start cracking up. I said, yeah, but hello, you freaking killed Freddy in the end. She was like, yeah, that's true. She went, yeah, that's true. I was like, yeah, because of your fucking kick-ass gymnast. Like, yeah, that's true. But she really said that. I swear to you, I'm not making this up. Oh, my gosh. My ch- oh, my God. My chest is hurting. Oh, my God. I'm dead ass. She like, really said this. <laughs> yeah. She really so said that. Oh, my She gosh, really like, said that. But that part I, of I her know. doing that and everything—that was like so badass. I know, shit? and that's I what I told her. Was like the wizard and stuff, right? And that's she what I told her. Killed. I said, "Yeah, but you killed Freddy." And she went, and she literally yeah. shook her head. She was, she go, she went, "Yeah, you're right." I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that I thought the conversation—I thought the conversation was going to end with her just saying thank you. You understand what I'm saying? Or or maybe a half-hearted grin. No, she went, she went there. She went there. I was like, oh my God. And then and then she's like, Do you remember the part? I was like, Do I remember? I was like, yes, it's my favorite movie. Favorite Freddy movie. Of course I remember. <laughs> but that was so cool. That was yeah, that was super cool. That was super, super, super cool. Yeah. That that I got to have that moment with her. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let me go with mine and everything. Uh, yes. Nightmare on Elm Street. So I'm gonna say it like this, of course. Number three, Dream Wars is like the top one that I like. Uh, number two. Okay. I love number two. And number two, I call the gay one. Oh my god! Everybody calls it the gay one, but I'm gonna tell you, but that motherfucking ass, like that first part with that damn bus 
And now that shit. No, I'm saying it's no, it's a great no, no, it's a great movie. But I'm saying it's a it's a gay horror movie because I remember when I was. But but I but but I guess in the eighties it was like taboo to say it. But I remember watching that movie when I was a teenager, and I was like, wait, I think that dude is gay. And then it turns out in real life he is gay. I don't know if you know that. In real life, the the lead actor was. But then, so as a kid, I'm watching it. And then the part with the, the the gay bar, and then I'm like, oh my god! I was like, this is a homoerotic movie. He's getting him naked in the yes! shower. I was like, this is a gay movie. And then I was so surprised as a kid because I'm like, how come nobody ever talks about this gay movie? And I'm assuming because in the '80s it was taboo, but that is a gay movie. That's a gay horror movie, and it's a great yeah, movie. Was, but I'm saying, yeah, but it, it was so, uh, yeah, and it was so taboo for its time. And I was just like, wow. Now I think they 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 talk about it, but I was like, wow, I can't believe nobody picked up on it in the '80s or didn't like. I I went back and googled and read reviews, and nothing in the reviews when it came out even alluded to the fact about that. So yeah, but I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. Oh no, no, no dude, like for real, like I knew the guy was gay, even the the actor who played um, Jesse. Jesse. I mean, I because like when I walk because when I watched it and I was like yo this dude is gay and yes it was very taboo back then you know to have movies like that but i like how they slid that in there because it was people that noticed it but we just you know we just haven't like just came out and just say hey yo like that dude was gay man like there was like a whole thing about that and the coach that i read yeah, and I and I was re yeah the get the yo I even knew that when I watched it I was like yo that coach like get he's gay actually actually don't let the bar anyway yeah he, was, he had yeah, the dream he, he brought him back so bar. they didn't all right so they didn't yeah they I mean they had I mean they they made it to where like about the coach. But they just didn't make it like so dramatic, like as like a leather like gay bar and stuff. But you see like the different elements in it, and you're just like, oh, okay, okay, yeah. But like strangely, when I was like that young, when I watched, it, I was like, yo, I was like, gay bar. I was like, what? Because I was just like, dang, this is like crazy. But like when everybody like came out and talked about it, and I was like, I already knew that. And I knew like a lot of people knew that they just didn't, they was just waiting for the right moment to like talk about it. And, um, but I think that was like a very fantastic film. Some people give it shit and everything, but I don't care. It's like, oh, that's like get pretty cool being it. And I'm like, I don't care, but it's still a good like Nightmare on Elm Street. And it is pretty freaking scary. Especially I liked about it. Yeah, but you know what? Scene, bro. Yeah, but you know what else I really like too? Is that 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 um uh-huh. they went there. They went there. This was mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like they took chances with that. Like what they, they like Nightmare on Elm Street blew up and they could have been like totally commercial for the for part two. You feel me? And they went there. They just like, no, they went left field. They're like, let let's be art house and let's be um, you know, taboo. Like they went there. They did. You know, that's if you think I, about it, why I like it. Right. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. That, and the first one, of course, like Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one, 
But another one is like kind of like a, uh, I would say runner up with it is going to be New Nightmare. It's yes, so we have I'm, the same thing. Bought, I know I bought New Nightmare because I love the shit out of New Nightmare. It's just something about New Nightmare. I mean, people are like, oh, that movie right there. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, bro. Like, you have like Heather Landenkamp and Robert England. You know, they're playing themselves. And of course, Robert England's playing Freddy Krueger. And then you got Miko Hughes. You know, he was Gage in um, Pet Cemetery and um, Kindergarten Cart. Boys have penises, girls have vaginas. <laughs> but you know, he was like being terrorized by like real ass Freddy Krueger. Yo, I was like, oh, shit. I, like, I oh, can't believe man. we have two of our three are the same. We both have Dream Warriors and New Nightmare in our top three. How about that? I know. This is what's going to mess you up right here. Like, when you said, Hell, would you say Hellraiser 1, 2, and 3? Yes, and in order. Yeah, basically, yeah. Okay, that's actually like my same order right there, too. That's real. Wow. Oh, Lord have mercy. But um, but three, I actually seen it in the theater. Like, oh wow! That was like a real cool last experience of seeing Hellraiser three in the theater, and I was just like, oh sweet! It wasn't like the first two, but I still appreciated it because you know it had um Terry um uh, O'Farrell. She I believe yeah she played on um Star Trek DS um DS nine was Deep Space mm-hmm. Nine. I'm sorry y'all. I'm sorry my Trekkie. I'm a Trekkie till I die. Sorry, Trackies, but she was um Jazia Dak, and she also married Leonard Nimoy's um son. I was like, whoa, that's oh, like, wow. so awesome right there. That's pretty cool. But I liked her in Hellraiser 3. I felt that she brought like a lot um to it within mm-hmm. that um, franchise. And that like I know what I would I did like um Rawhead Rex because of what was going on with the director. The director didn't like, you know, Clive Barker's because Clive Barker, you know, created it. And mm-hmm. Rawhead Rex was really supposed to be this really nasty looking pulsating, like this giant, like meaty penis, just like raw meat. But if, and he was like so pissed because the way how they just really just like jacked him up, like with Rawhead Rex, that's when he went to like produce Hellraiser and if it wasn't for that director doing his like just really just cutting his shit up like that we wouldn't have Hellraiser and I was like damn that's like pretty cool and I feel that like whenever you have the original person that created it and this is their vision but you felt like oh no I don't want it like that and you just really like messed up a really good relationship with the creator like Clive Barker because Clive Barker is really great and I love Clive Barker stuff but I felt like if he didn't do that we wouldn't have Hellraiser but since like thank you to the fucked up ass director who did that we have Hellraiser so we have like Doug Brady who like plays uh you know Pinhead and you know him and Clive like have been like you know thick as thieves because they did theater back in the 70s and I thought that was like really cool as shit. Like, yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't I, know that I part. Yeah, I love Mr. Hellraiser. You should have been talking to Doug Bradley when you was on Barn too. <laughs> You're gonna have but, to get like, him on your show. I, you know what? I'm actually eyeballing like Chris Sarandon, who plays um, Jerry Dandridge 
from Fright Night. So I'm eyeballing him and Doug. And there's a couple people, too, that I have been eyeballed. But I'm trying to build up that courage to, like, ask them. I mean, if I get a no, if I get a no. If I, got a, if I get a yes, that's awesome, you know. But I got faith. I got faith in myself. <laughs> I got faith. So, and there's, a, like, another franchise. Okay, what's another one? I'm trying to think. Leprechaun. Okay. You know, I didn't see all of them. I can't. I didn't see all of them. But I'll tell you this. I have a thing with threes because Jaws, Uh my favorite Jaws movie is not. Yes, it is. Yes, yes, it is. Jaws 3. I sure did. And let me tell you something. I don't care who wants to hate on that movie, but so many other movies. Three, Deep Blue Sea copied it when the shark crashed through the glass. That is a direct rip yeah. off of the Jaws 3 scene where the shark crashed through the glass. You're right about that. Another, yeah, there was right. another movie. There was another movie where a shark was in an aquarium. They ripped that off of Jaws 3 also. So say what people want to say about Jaws 3, but it got copied more so than Jaws 1. Just saying. Hey, you know what? And you are right because that, that whole, you know, when I watched Deep Blue Sea, and when the shark like busted in, you know, glass shattering everywhere, I was like, Jaws three. Even though it had like Dennis Quaid and it looked really exactly, funny, you know, it, it was just like, oh, I'm like, oh my god, this is so silly. But yeah, that was the part about Jaws three. That's the one I remember. That scene is when the when the shark like busts through the aquarium and exactly and it, and it chaos. Copy. That was the best part about it. Copied. It was. It was yep. So I have a so, thing about yeah, threes. It it's weird. Copied. Yeah. Yeah. So ironically, right. you, you, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying ironically, it's weird. I have a thing with threes. Like Friday the Thirteenth Part Three is my favorite of that. Uh, Jaws Three is my favorite of of that. Um, Night. My favorite. In Part Three of a movie. I was in the bar Part Two. Tunes part four, but nothing part three yet. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so hilarious. But you know what? Another one that you mentioned that is a three is one that people in the horror community, it's like a divide. Was I know what you're going to say. Halloween of the three, Season of the Witch. Like, yeah. The, yeah, Halloween Season of the Witch. And the scariest thing is about those fucking masks. So everybody was looking for Michael Myers. And they're like, where's Michael Myers? So you have like old home dude. I forgot his name. I've actually seen him at a con. Uh, God, I forgot his name, but I've seen him. And I was like, oh my God, it's the dude from Night of the Creeps. And he's been in so many movies. But um, he was in it. And those masks, when you put those masks on, and oh my gosh, that nasty slime, gross bugs. Yeah. You know, all my and that stupid it's horrible ass because car- that, 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 that stupid commercial London yes, Bridge, that commercial London Bridge has fallen down God. three more days till Halloween. Yeah, well, I think that's scary because, yeah, but I'm th- I, I think it's super scary because the ending is, is horrible too. The ending is 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 horrible. Kids get killed in the end. Remember, it was the end of the yep. movie, they it's about. It's a whole movie about wanting to eliminate the population by killing children, by having them wear masks. And then at the end, the, the kids basically do get killed. So, like, that's horrible and scary. So, so yeah, that that's definitely a fucked up horror movie. And that's why it's in my top three of their things. 
But, and you know what? And it just before that, just being so fucked up, I never wore a mask because of Halloween 3. I refused to wear a Halloween mask. My brother so you had know- a Yoda mask. And he wore it. I was like, he's going to die. <laughs> and you know now they have those. Do you know they have the silver shamrock masks now? Oh, Jesus They have God. them. No. They have them. Yeah, they have them at like whatever at the Halloween stores now. They do. <laughs> the skeleton, the pumpkin, and the witch. They have them now. They really mm-hmm. do. I, I, I'm too scared to get one, though, <laughs> like you. <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. It's because of that movie. I refuse to like wear a mask. Yeah, that. that. You know what though? I noticed. I'm sure you noticed this too. In the past few years, that it's gotten a lot of newfound respect. Season of the Witch, like it's been reappraised. Yeah, 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 for sure. But that's that's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. They they were gonna do, and and then I I guess the movie didn't sit well with audiences. But that was the plan to make the following Halloween sequels all stories and not include Mm -hmm. Michael Myers. That was why they did it. That, that was what was going to be branched out. It was going to be that Halloween 1 and 2 was going to be that story, the Michael Myers and, and, and the sister. And then the next ones were all supposed to be different stories based on Halloween. But then, like you said, people are like, where the fuck is Michael Myers? And they, they ditched that idea after the one, you know, after Season I- of the Witch and then went back to Michael Myers. Boom. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> You ready for some random horror trivia questions? I'm ready. All right. It's just random as shit. You don't win any prizes, but thank you for participating. Oh, uh -uh. (laughs) All right. Question of this right here. And you better know this because if you don't, I'm going to, man, I'm going to get you. You're not going to give me a prize if I don't know it. That's what you're going to do. <laughs> but okay. A sticker. I sent a sticker. Scratch off sticker. It smells like pizza All right. popcorn. Um, okay, cool. Name, name the first movie that Miss Quigley have starred. And this is actually a two-part. And the movie that she had her breakout role in. Name the first movie Miss Quigley was in, speaking parts and all. And this other movie that was her breakout role. Okay, Silent Night, Deadly Night. And then Return of the Living Dead. You got one of them right. Return of the Living Dead was her breakout role. Fairy Tales was her first movie. Got you. Okay. Uh-uh, she's going to kill me. Oh, no, she's not. All right. All right. Second one. Who is your favorite housewife of New Jersey? Well, three of them were in my music video. That's not fair. I can't say one. Three okay, of them were in my music video. Okay, which one I, is your favorite housewife? I can't. I, I, three of them because three of them were in my music video. Name I can't, three I, of them. Name, name them. Oh, I thought you were telling me to narrow it down to one. So Mar no. Margaret. Okay, so Margaret, Margaret Josephs, Dolores Catania, and Marge Sr. All three of them were in my music video, No Day Like Today. So I have three favorite housewives, New Jersey housewives. 
Okay, now, okay. Did you know that? Did you know they were in my video, or are you just saying that because I'm in Jersey? I'm just saying that because you're in Jersey. Well, how about that? Three, three of the Real Housewives of New Jersey are in my music video, No Day Like Today. So that kind of, that's cool that you asked me that. That's awesome. I, I actually like, I like Dolores. Okay. Oh. Well, I'll tell you this. One of Dolores's dreams was to be in a music video. So she told me, thank you for making one of her dreams come true. Nice. I also like it. I also like Margaret. I like her. Um, but I have, but I always liked it. The Housewives of New Jersey. Oh, I was there from the beginning, you know, Lord have mercy. But it's like, everybody did not like Danielle. I liked it, Danielle, because she just did not give a fuck. Well, those are my those are my three favorites because they were so gracious enough to appear in me and Adam Barta's music video No Day Like Today. So my three favorites are Dolores Catania, Margaret Josephs, and March Sr. And they are amazing, kind, wonderful ladies. That is awesome. They seem to be like really, really sweet and kind mm -hmm. ladies. They really do. Mm -hmm. Especially Dolores. I don't know. It's just something about Dolores. She's just very beautiful. Mm -hmm. she really for sure is. She, she is and she just seems like just very down to earth also absolutely all right all right i'm gonna hit you with this one and everything are you ready for this one yes all right which is better astral glide or id lube i haven't used any of them so i don't know i can say that all of those things are painful <laughs> but i'm gonna say but i'm gonna say I'm going to say because I haven't used any of those, but I'm going to say that I heard more people use Astro Glide. Okay. All right. I mean, you know, I'm more of like an ID wet glue girl myself and everything. <laughs> you know, silicone, ver silicone versus like, you know, water-based and everything. I'm more of a water-based girl. So, yeah, it doesn't <laughs> really matter, but... Uh, Shoot, you might have to give me like your deets and stuff what you use. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I am a virgin. I am a virgin. Uh, I told you it's gonna be like random as shit because I will throw something in here. It's crazy. So last one, last um question and everything, trivial question. Who is actually your favorite artist? Now you have to do one. Okay. This is that I'm gonna make you do one. Okay. Who's your favorite artist? When you say artist, what are you talking about? Are you talking about painting artist, music artist, film music artist? Music what? Artist. Oh, music my favorite artist. music artist? Oh, Annie Lennox. Mm -hmm. Annie Lennox. Why? There you go. Perfect. And Tell me why. Okay. Walking on, walking on, broken glass. Walking on, broken glass. Now, I love yes. the Eurythmics when I was a little girl. Yeah, Eurythmics, so Eurythmics and Annie Lennox. Those are my. So I, I, I say Annie Lennox because she was both as Eurythmics and as a solo artist. So that's my, yeah, overall, okay. those, that's my favorite artist, Annie Lennox. There you go. Yes, because, honey, like, my mom loves, like, the remix. And we love, like, Annie Lennox. She has, like, such a beautiful voice. Oh, she, like, I mean, have you listened to the Lord of the Rings soundtrack? I bought the Lord of the Rings soundtrack when well, it I'm, was very I'm, popular. Well, and she's she my favorite. Was, like, on, yeah, she was on there. 
Yeah, into the West. She won. She won for that 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 song for at the Grammys or or the Oscars for that song. Yes. Yeah, but it's not my favorite. It's my favorite because it's just pretty. It's, it's my, one favorite. Of my favorite because it's pretty. It's pretty. My my favorite of hers. Well, I, I remade one of her songs, so called "Wonderful" from her Bear album. So I, I I interviewed her daughter actually. I interviewed her daughter for a magazine actually, Lola Lennox. Um, but yes, so I yeah, I love Annie. That's my favorite artist. Yes, musical artist is Annie Lennox, hands down. Ask me more. Those were easy. You made me two things that I said. I had housewives. I really had housewives in my music video. That was easy to answer. I know I know Linnea Quigley, even though I got one wrong. And and I covered an Annie Lennox song. That was easy. I want more. Okay. Well, like, all right then. Well, um, let's go do this one right here. Finish these lyrics. Okay. Help me. Now, is this a real song or or you just want yeah, me to this is a real song? This is a real song. Help me. You want me to give you um some clues? Give you a little bit. Help me. I got no soul to sell. Did you get it? I have no idea. Okay. okay, I'm gonna finish the next one. Help me, the only thing that works for me. I have no clue. Okay, then I'm gonna just bust it out for you, Tatiana. I'm gonna bust it out. Help me, I got no soul to sell. Help me, the only thing that works for me. Help me get away from myself. I wanna fuck you like an animal. Nine inch nails. Nine inch nails. Yep. Closer, nine inch nails. That uh, the only part I knew was to fuck you like an animal part. <laughs> That's the only part I knew. If you would have said that first, I would have gotten it. But no. Yeah, that's the reason. That's the reason why you have to guess it. You have to. Guess I know. It. I know. Oh, oh, you took well, oh, no, bring you... it on, bring it on, and then you like, oh. oh. No, but you could have because the the song is called Closer. Ah, see. Yes. Yes, it's called closer and stuff, but you know, I always thought something like that. You know, that's for true. Y'all to like, yeah, think on your toes and stuff. You know, I gotta saying, think yeah. about so that's right. I gotta think about so all right. So you know what? Four to four for the four random questions, then I will do a four synopsis of the four films that I'm currently in. How's that? Let's that's bend the rules awesome. a little bit. We bend in yes, the rules a little bit. All right, so the Barn Part 2 is basically takes place in the early 90s and these college kids put on a haunted house themed fundraiser because the town of Hollow the town bans Halloween because a few years before that kids went missing and it has a who's who of horror in it Linnea Quigley Return of the Living Dead Night of the Demons Doug Bradley Hellraiser um, Ari Lehman, Friday the 13th, Joe Bob Briggs, The Last Drive-In, Lloyd Coffin, Toxic Avenger, and Little Omi Lavari. That's the barn part two. Terror Tunes 4, cult favorite. This one is an anthology. It has four stories in one. I can't even begin to describe it. It is crazy, wacky. 
but it all revolves around the character Dr. Carnage and Max Assassin's Terratunes 4. That's out now. Thrust! Thrust is freaking Ugh. crazy. Thrust ain't even a horror movie. Thrust is everything. Thrust is insane. Thrust is like Mad Max meets John Waters meets exploitation. It's freaking crazy and physically the hardest Ooh. movie I've ever had to, had to do. And it's okay. disgusting. And it's disgusting too. And it's just insane. And it also stars Linnea Quigley, directed by Victor Bonacori, Thrust. And I'm in that too. Actually, I play in that movie. I uh-huh. all my lines, all my lines are barked. I'm the I'm the leader of of uh, Linnea Quigley's gang, Mother Nature, and I'm I don't know how to talk, so I I bark at everything. So I bark and all this stuff, and my my killing in it is one of the most violent killings. So yeah, thrust. That's out Ooh, now. Okay. And then the fourth is on Tubi, Zombie Games, directed by Linnea Quigley, and and it's basically a takeoff of the Hunger Games, except for zombies. And you know, it is what it is. What it is, it's fun and trashy. So those are the four out now. And then in progress, I just shot um, Amityville Apocalypse as part of the Amityville Al- Aliens horror anthology. So that'll be coming soon. And that's also directed by Victor Bonacori, who directed Thrust. So that's coming out soon. And then um. What else did I do recently? Oh, Appetite for Sin. It's a female vampire movie um, that's coming out soon. And then there was non-horror movies that I just finished. There's one called Hey God, Did You Get My Message? That's kind of like a drama action movie. I don't know when that's coming out. Hopefully soon. And then on the music spectrum, I have a new single out called Moment of Love. And it's very, it's a remake of a LaBouche song called Moment of Love. And it mm-hmm. is, ironically, LaBouche is a dance group, but I remade their ballad. That's right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I remade one of their ballads into a dance song, even though they're a dance group. So Moment of Love. And it's one of my favorite songs I've ever recorded. And also because Lane McRae from LaBouche approved the song. And on my latest Instagram story, he's singing the song with me. So that is super awesome. Oh, my gosh. Damn. That is, like, so badass. Look at you. You're, like, busy. You all over the place. You have LaBouche and everything. Like, I mean, when you said LaBouche. Well, they're not in the song. He's saying. Yeah, he's singing it with me. But I was just like, when you said LaBouche, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember them and stuff. Yeah, and it's very special to me because when I first moved out and I was struggling and I moved out on my own into Manhattan, I always said I wanted to remake that song because I was working at a record store at the time when that particular song came out. And I said, oh, I want, I want to remake this one day. So so that's why it's so special to me. Yeah. Oh, man, that's Wow. You just like blowing me away of like oh thank you, you like accomplish and things that you are currently doing and you know just despite like a lot of like odds and things like that you still thriving and you just don't give up and that thank and you I, so like, much I fucking salute you like with thank that you because a lot of people they like give up and you just never did. And you still just kept on, just keep, you just kept it pushing. You kept it moving. I love that. I really like, do. I love that. Keep it moving now, can't you see? <laughs> no, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And see, look, and I didn't give up coming on your show. 
You sure did not. You didn't. That's right. You see? He's persisting, y'all, for real. I wasn't, I didn't forget him and nothing like that. I just busy, busy with some shit. But I'm just saying, he's here. And I see, I didn't give up. I didn't give up. And I'm here on the show. See? (laughs) (laughs) I'm so grateful for you having me. Thank you so, so very much. I really, really appreciate it. It's an honor. Thank you. Welcome, and it's a pleasure of having you, billboard, recording artist, actor. You just like blowing it up in horror, and of course, like your other movies, your brother projects that you're um doing. I mean, gee whiz, bro, you just oh my gosh, you're just like a little ball of sunshine. Oh, thank you. You are, you are a ball of sunshine, but. I- Lavari, everybody, Lavari. I'm gonna. I don't Aww. have no clap machine, but there I go right there. There you go, like Lavari. There you go. I hear it. Thank <laughs> you. So, Lavari, tell everybody where they can find you, your socials, and everything else, because I want all my people to know who you are and everything. Take it. My Instagram is Lavari Official. That's L-O-V-A-R-I-O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L. Lavari Official. My Facebook is Lavari Official <laughs> or Lavari. And my Twitter and my Twitter is Lavari. L-O-V-A-R-I. And Spotify, iTunes, all that good stuff is Lavari. Don't ask me why I did that. I think it's because I think it's because I'm hungry. I didn't eat yet. I'm about to go eat. That's probably why I'm like. <laughs> hey, hey, my like my stomach cussing me out. It's like <laughs> right. We're gonna about we're about to go eat after this. We're about to hit up with wherever you're going, wherever I'm going. Yes. <laughs> right, we're about to hit up some food and stuff. But thank you so much, Lavari, for being here. As I'm grateful to you. No problem at the random horror show. You are welcome to come back and everything. And ladies and gentlemen, no further ado, as we pull out close out the show, I'm Keisha Lacey, and this is the random horror show. <laughs>